Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. All football all the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. What a crazy week, too, it was in the NFL. Close games across the board. We had multiple overtime games, multiple one-point games, multiple two-point games, and multiple three-point games. Literally... At least two of all of those things I just named. So it shows you uh, just how tight uh, the uh, margin of error is uh, in the NFL. Brooks Nuanas joins us each week here on All Football All the Time. Uh, what did you think of last week? Pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, this time of year, Colt, the teams are still trying to find their identity as well as get deeper in the playbook. So things, not that they're surface level, but I think that defense is playing really at a high level at, at this exact moment in the NFL. Um, offensive lines have been struggling to get going. People aren't running the ball quite as effectively as they will later in the season. Um, and, yeah, people are getting after it. So a lot of close games. That's the NFL, man. That's uh, not surprising on this end. Well, part one thing I've been observing is this. There's been, it's each domino leads to the next, right? The quarterback's the central figure in, in every, uh, pretty much every NFL franchise. And, and the way that you can operate a quarterback, the way that that guy can dictate and, and control games, that's a huge, a huge key to success, and some would argue the number one key to success. Well, because of now this proliferation of quarterbacks who can also move around the pocket, now we've seen the, the second most important and impactful position, or, or, or I guess dynamic within a game, become the pass rush and the ability to get pressure on the passer. And offenses have evolved to the point where, you know, the average NFL pass play, the quarterback has the ball out of his hands, I think in 2.4 seconds is what the statistic is. That said, I think the common fan has a big disconnect. They think the only way to measure pass rush is via sacks. And if you watch an NFL game, even if a team is going nuts and, and pressuring the quarterback relentlessly, they're going to get, what, three sacks, four sacks? But then you watch a game like Cleveland-Pittsburgh on Monday night. I don't even know how many sacks the Steelers had, but the Steelers had an 
a pretty much relentless amount of pressure on Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. And uh, so that's what I'm wondering, though. That's I guess that's the talking point is um, offensive lines, it seems like, are completely overmatched, even though that's not really a narrative. But it just seems like hardly anybody can block the guys in front of them right now. Yeah, I mean, how could you? The, the kind of the master class of, of NFL pass rushers on defense right now is at a whole other level than it. it's probably been in maybe all time, but definitely as far as uh, the, the variety as well as the amount of guys. We're talking about 10, 15 elite pass rushers, and we're not just talking about guys off the edge. We're talking about players that can create pressure up the middle, guys that can move around, guys that can play standing up, guys that can put their hand in the dirt. Um, again, a variety of styles as well as, man, the get-off, Colton. The get-off has sure improved uh, that 2.4 seconds. I mean, there's guys that aren't even being touched. Micah Parsons doesn't even have resistance when he plays football. Is is he dominating? Sure. Dominating air? You know, dominate, dominating an open space to destroy a quarterback who's not even looking in under that 2.4 seconds. It's uh, If you go down the list, Colter, and you start racking up the Bosa brothers and you add in Micah Parsons, you add in all the Watts and all the players that can really uh, create pressure, we're not talking about Miles Garrett. We're not talking about Jalen Phillips down in Miami. I can go on and on. Quebec. I can name 25 elite pass rushers with 10 or 12 that are as good as it's really ever been. And the craziest part is that's why it's accelerated is it's not about the 20 guys you can name. It's about the 150 other guys that you can't even name that are just going crazy. It's amazing how many guys are not quite elite pass rushers but are still contributing to teams that have elite pass rushes. It's endless, Colt. The best, the best thing going, best position going right now. Um, it's funny because when, you know, when I was growing up, it was all about linebacker play. There was some dominant safety, some hard hitters across the middle, the Brian Dawkins, Ed Reed, Troy Palomalos of the world. And now we start to talk about linebackers, and it really grows. And it's, it's, it's Brian Erlacher and Ray Lewis and Luke Keekley and, and Patrick Willis, and it grows and grows and grows. And right now, it's all about the pass rush game. It's all about the pass rush. Brooks Suarez here on all football all the time. And that's the other narrative. Before we get to some of the betting lines here, that's the other narrative that I know you and I both agree on is that the evolution of the game has certainly been catered to and dictated by offenses and spreading people out, getting the ball in space, playing fast, all the rules about the quarterback and how you can and can't hit them, all that sort of stuff. That that all and that's accurate. The way that the, the national media spins that, that narrative is, is accurate. But I think the thing that escapes people is there's this cliche that the NFL is all about offense. And while the uh, quarterback is the most important position, certainly, when I watch the NFL, the number one thing that stands out to me is defense. Part of this is because my brain is warped from covering so much college football. And college football, you're running 90 plays a game and everybody's scoring 35 or 40 but in the NFL, what I'm seeing, especially early in the season, and you mentioned it, is just that the defenses are the ones that are dictating so much of this unless it's one of those absolutely premier top 10 type signal callers at quarterback. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, it's, it's a defensive league. I mean, some of the best offenses we've ever seen and some of the most prolific offenses of, of this day, of this generation right now, are scoring below 20 points. I saw the Chiefs score 17 last week against the Jags team that, don't get me wrong, they can get after it on defense, but just a well-rounded, solid defense. We've seen teams like the Detroit Lions you know, score 20 points in, in games uh, that have a nice, prolific offense. And you know, There are some teams that are putting up numbers, some teams that have got it going, some teams that continue to have cohesiveness on offense. 
someone like the 49ers, you bring back pretty much the exact same roster on offense. You see them hit the ground running, so that makes a lot of sense. But overall, Coulter, yes, defense wins the day, and you won't see me complain about it. Well, let's talk about some of the um, most interesting spreads this week. I've been having fun doing our guess the line, so let's let's uh, let's do a couple of them. I have not opened your email yet, so uh, just uh, give me a couple juicy matchups uh, so far this week. I'll give you one, Colton, that I think is hilarious, um, and I'll let you take a dive because it's two teams that you know about, two teams that we have connections to um, in multiple different ways, and, and one team that you sure happen to like a whole lot. So how about the Chargers? 0-2 Chargers at the 0-2 Minnesota Vikings. Oh, wow. The Chargers are supposed to be good, and they haven't been. I'd, I would say they're one of, if not the most surprising 0-2. I mean, I think probably the Chargers and the Bengals, would you agree? Chargers-Bengals are the two most surprising 0-2 teams? Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm also 0% surprised the Vikings are 0-2, and... Uh, I know you're teasing me about liking them, but I, I I'm having a hard time with that right now <laughs> because if you know me and you know the way I watch football, if you can't stop the inside run game and that's the way that you're going to get gutted on national TV like they did last week, I have a really hard time ever really getting back on board, at least within the scope of this season. That was a pretty embarrassing loss last week to the Eagles. Uh, all that said, I think that... The Vikings being back at home, target field. I, I bet that the 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 odds makers have the Vikings as a home favorite just because they think, I guess, uh, multiple things. Home field advantage in Minnesota and also um, just the unlikelihood of the Vikings going 0-2 or 0-3. But that, that also is thrown out the window because there's also an unlikelihood of the Chargers going 0-3 as well. I don't know. I'm going to say the Vikings are home favorites. I'm going to say minus one and a half for the Vikes. Yeah, I think right now the stands called there to pick them. So they have the Chargers I and mean, the Vikings at the pick them. Um, yeah, I think it will obviously be a, a slight home field advantage for the Vikings. I could see the line finishing where you mentioned. But right now, just, you know, point zero five either way, I would, I would lean Chargers in that game just because I think that the Chargers were kind of a consensus playoff pick preseason, and the Vikings were definitely not. Um, which team is going to go 0 and 3? Well, going on the road, playing at Target Field, which by all accounts is one of the most premier stadiums in the world. Uh, beautiful atmosphere, really fun, loud, great fan base. Uh, that will all play into it. Kirk Cousins has been lining up the stat sheet. Justin Jefferson, one of the best players in the NFL. Um, I think that that is truly a pick 'em. I have that as a stay away game. Um, well, I think the on one thing that we on. learned <laughs> over the last couple of years is stay away from the Vikings. I mean, the Vikings, I think, are the worst team in the NFL to bet, and that's not just because they're the the disappointing losers that I tend to root for, but it's also because, I mean, last year the Vikings played 11 one-score games, but they were either messing up the spread or failing to cover the spread in every single one of those. They won every single one of their 11 one-score games. That's how they got to 13 wins. But they were messing up or not covering the spread in pretty much every single one of those, so I think that that advice remains true, right? Stay away from the Vikings. Oh, yeah, stay away from the Vikings. And the Bills have been crushing me in the last two years, too. So uh, Vikings, stay away, in my opinion. That's just that's just me. Uh, play your money how you will. I do think that there is some trends called they're not on the wins and losses, but teams that are and aren't covering. It's a really important one to look at. Uh, so far, the Eagles are the standout this year of, of back-to-back non-covering, uh, even though they are 2-0. and They have not covered this year. Um, I think another interesting game, Colter, of two teams that I think are good, 
I think the Packers played well down in Atlanta last week, had a chance to win. Falcons did not play great in the first half, came out, played better. Bijan Robinson had a couple amazing runs. If you have not checked him out, man, he is all that the hype is cracked up to be. Uh, when people talk about him being the most prolific running back prospect since Saquon Barkley, as far as it goes, the eye test, the first two games, Colton, he might be better than that kind of prospect. Um, I think he is a generational talent. So Atlanta does have something going, a little one-two punch there at running back. Desmond Ritter still trying to find his feet, but I thought the Packers played well down in Atlanta. They travel back home after losing by, I believe, one point down in Atlanta. We have the Saints at uh, the Green Bay Packers. The 2-0 and Saints at the 1-1 Green Bay Packers. Well, Lambeau Field's worth a field goal, I'd say. I also think that even though the Saints have been uh, okay, pretty good early on in the year, I, I don't. I just think that I still think they're just okay. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say Packers minus two and a half. Yeah, you nailed it right on the spot. Forty-three point over under. Uh, so really, right, in, kind of middling over under. I think it'll kind of sit right there. I think it is a twenty-three to twenty kind of game. Um, I agree. The Saints have. Got a one-point win against a, t- a Titans team that has definitely showed some fortitude to be obviously very tough. That is the identity of the Titans. Uh, the Saints eke out a one-point win there and then get a three-point win against division rival Carolina on the road on Monday night. But the Saints are 2-0, and and they do have a little bit of an identity. Uh, Alvin Kamara comes back, I believe, after week four. So three-game suspension is what I have that shocked up to be. Um, we will see how the Saints do, but I agree with you, and I kind of lean um, on the pack there as Jordan Love continues to improve. Three touchdowns each of his first two starts, no picks. Um, pretty good line for the young quarterback. Who's better, uh, Jordan point. Love or Derek Carr? Well, much different points of their career. Derek Carr has uh, been a very, very successful quarterback. He's played at a very high level. And Derek Carr was at his peak uh, when, the, when the Raiders won 12 games, I believe. It's been now, it's got to have been five seasons or so, 2018, 19 maybe. Um, Derek Carr played at a very, very high level. I think Derek Carr's got a lot of juice, got a strong arm, uh, can take hits. I think he's a good leader no matter what you think of his personality. Um, I'm taking Derek Carr there. Uh, Jordan, Jordan Love, obviously younger player, higher ceiling at this point of their careers, but uh, Derek Carr is a, is a proven NFL starter. Yeah, it's definitely just a, an interesting deal, but you're right. It, from a commodity standpoint, a prospect standpoint, I mean, it's it's Love because he's younger, but you're right. I think a lot of times people miss how Derek Carr has been uh, good to pretty dang good during uh, his NFL career. All right, let's give me... Every, everyone, Colter, Derek Carr, everyone wants to say guys like that, who they should be, they need to be top five quarterbacks to be elite. Derek Carr has been a top 12 quarterback his entire career since the second he took over as a starter. And I'm not saying that you should be uh, satisfied with that, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. For sure. Um, Nuwana is now ESPN Radio. All football all the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. All right, let's do one one or two more guess the lines. Give me one, give me one or two more. I think this is the, 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 the sweetest game of the, of the week just because of what we talked about on the top, Colter. Tennessee Titans at the Cleveland Browns. Wow. A couple teams that have... Uh, really good wins uh, so far this year. I mean, the the, the Titans pulling that out uh, in overtime last week against the Chargers uh, was certainly uh, a, a big win to get their first win uh, of the year. The Browns smacking the Bengals week one was a big win, but then the Browns are coming off of a, a physical loss to the Steelers Monday night. And you said this game's in Cleveland, you said, right? Uh, in Cleveland, Tennessee at Cleveland. Okay, yeah. Um, man, I'm, I'm thinking the Browns are... I think the Browns are four-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be a field goal just because of the toughness, but they got the three-and-a-half. They got the field goal with the hook. 
Um, I think the Browns are a better, more well-rounded team. I just don't want anything to do with Tennessee. I don't think today, I don't think tomorrow, I don't think any time this season do I why we want to match up against Tennessee. So I, I don't know where I fall on that, though I do think the Browns are going to continue to put it together. Um, I thought the one thing that was impressive with Tennessee, Coulter, is that Ryan Tannehill, I'm not saying he, out, he was a gunslinger and outgunned uh, Justin Herbert uh, uh, when they got that win in overtime against the Chargers, as you had mentioned, but I do think uh, that he made some serious big throws. He had a big, deep shot that almost a long, you know, 60-yard touchdown to Traylon Burks, who was a second-year receiver. He also had a couple passes to DeAndre Hopkins, I thought, kind of won them the game. It wasn't necessarily a Derrick Henry, King Henry, flatten you out, uh, smash around football, though he did play a good game. I thought Ryan Tannehill did play pretty well. So something to uh, monitor as the AFC continues to be a tough, tough division, or rather tough conference. Well, here's, uh, here's one piece of advice I would give any of the prospective betters out there. Stay away all the way from uh, the Titans' totals because sometimes the Titans are nasty on defense. Sometimes the Titans give up points in gobs. I can't tell you how many times I've bet the over thinking that the Titans were going to get into a shootout and they give up seven points or how many times I bet the under uh, thinking that the Titans are going to ball defensively and they you know get into a 37-31 game. So I'd say skip the over whenever the Titans are involved as well. Yeah, I hear that, Coulter. And last one I got for you is uh, the team I mentioned who has not covered this year. This is the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday night. We have two Monday night games this, this week again, so it'll be that same schedule as it was this past week, I believe, same times, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, roughly the kickoffs here in Montana. The Philadelphia Eagles at the 2-0 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, because the Eagles haven't covered, I think sometimes the books uh, punish you for that a little bit. I think on paper, the – I think that if if it was the first game of the year instead of the third game of the year, I think that the Eagles would be six and a half to seven and a half point favorites. Uh, but I think that the book probably has it at uh, Eagles four and a half or five and a half. And what I'm going to do with this uh, line is bet it down and try to get rid of the hook, try to get the Eagles at three or two and a half and maybe parlay it with something else. Uh, but until the Eagles cover, I'm going to stay away from betting the Eagles to cover. But I, I think they probably have it at like five, five and a half or six and a half. And I think that if it was, uh, if they hadn't failed to cover, I think they'd have it at seven and a half with the hook. Okay, well, I think you got four numbers there. You got to pick one. This is the game. I think that uh, I'm, I'm saying the Eagles uh, plus four and a half on the road. Eagles are, uh, yeah, five and a half point favorite. So you're right there. We call that the Vegas zone, which we talked about last week. Uh, when Vegas doesn't quite know where to put it. It's not a touchdown, it's not a field goal, their favorite, but as you mentioned, they haven't covered. That's probably the punishment they'll receive there. I agree with you, Colt. They're a great opportunity to tease. Uh, the Eagles are going to have to lose at some point this year. I'm not saying it's this game, but the Eagles are going to lose three, four games this year. That's just kind of the way, the nature of it. Um, at some point, we'll see who the Buccaneers really are, but I, I don't know if you've seen much Baker Mayfield, Colt, but goodness gracious, uh, I love all the haters out there. I love it. I love uh, when we watched these number one picks, name you, you could keep naming them. Who, you know, over the years, how many bad number one picks have there been? And guess what? Baker Mayfield takes all this flack, and there he is, just smashing people still, playing his style of football, being the leader that he knows how to be. I'm not saying I'm, I'm a Baker Mayfield fan through and through, but gosh dang it, I, I do uh, I do love when someone can prove somebody wrong. Well, the other thing is the Bucks are probably the most surprising two and O team in the NFL right now. 
And part of it's been Baker Mayfield, and, and he's been good, and they've been uh, pretty darn good offensively. And part of it's because they got great weapons. I mean, Mike Evans is is you know if he keeps going like he's going, man, he's going to be a, uh, in the Hall of Fame conversation at least. And uh, Chris Godwin's one of the best slots in the league. They have a pretty good offensive line. But the thing that has got Tampa Bay rolling is because they got a great defense. And, and no one ever gave them credit for that when they won that Super Bowl because it was all about Tom Brady. But, I mean, they still got Vita Vea on the inside, one of the most dominant defensive linemen in the in the NFL. They got, I mean, arguably one of, one of if not the best linebacker cores in the, in the NFL. I mean, Devin White, Levante David, and Shaq Barrett are three elite talents. And then, you know, Antoine Winfield on the back end. Uh, they, I mean, they drafted the, the Davis kid. Uh, high up uh, this last, I guess in the second round out of Auburn and he was a guy that was projected as a first round corner so Tampa Bay is actually stacked defensively and that's been the thing that's gotten them to uh, to 2-0 and so you know I don't know I, I, I do think that uh, maybe th- there's always teams that we think are going to be good early in the year teams we, th- we think are going to be bad Tampa Bay was one of those teams we thought were going to be bad I think a lot of people thought they were going to be bad because of Baker Mayfield but they're not at least so far and uh, I also just don't think it helps having a defensive minded head coach when you have a defensive type of roster like they do I don't know if they can keep it rolling this week uh, but but it's been actually pleasantly surprising they're one of the teams that is better than people thought that I'm happy about yeah, absolutely man I mean the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the last 20 years have been um, a relevant team just because they had the great Super Bowl run with Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks and John Lynch and that whole era. Um, they, you know, they had the Tom Brady run as of late. Um, so I, I do think that they, they do hold relevance in people's mind. Uh, they, they've actually you know, played kind of a tough style of football uh, for the majority of that time period. When they're down, they're down. When they're up, they're, they are certainly good. Um, I do I do find it interesting, though, that as you mentioned with the defensive head coach, Todd Bowles has taken a lot of you know ups and downs as far as the analysis of his of his coaching abilities. But I do think that he can he can galvanize a locker room in the sense of of rowing in one direction. And, and like you said, Cole, that defensive uh, lineup. I mean, Vita Vea, folks. If you don't if you haven't checked out some trench warfare, oh, you checked out uh, if you haven't checked out some offensive defensive line film that they may be on Twitter, whatever service you like to jump on. Uh, go go look up Vita Bay. Go go check out uh, a man who can who can move on his feet two ways about I don't know what seven hundred and eighty five pounds. Uh, I mean, you want to have a belly laugh? Go watch Vita Bay's highlight film from high school when he was in Mukatilo, Washington. This guy, th- this guy's been three hundred pounds since he was like a kid. I mean, he's been three hundred pounds since the f- he first started high school, and he is so fast. I mean, this guy was running in the district championships in the hundred meters at three hundred plus pounds. And he also played running back during his high school days. You want to watch some funny film, uh, go check out Vita Vea. But we digress. Uh, certainly one of our favorite uh, f- freak interior defensive linemen in the league. Got to love the big boys, man. He can shoot. He can move. And uh, you're saying 300 pounds as a kid, man. This dude weighs uh, 385, and he's, uh, he's running 4'6". <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, let's go through just a couple of the other lines. Uh, Thursday night football, the Giants at the, uh, or excuse me, yeah, New York Giants at uh, San Francisco. The, uh, I got the lines up now in front of me. Uh, San Francisco minus 11 and a half. That seems steep. The, the the Niners have been, I think, if you were to do power rankings in the NFL, the Niners are the number one team in the NFL right now. I still think that's crazy to be minus 11 and a half over the Giants. It's insane. It's because of Saquon. Saquon's going to move that line. Oh, Saquon's uh, out. That's right. Yeah. Sounds like he might be out for a few weeks with a, with an ankle. Um, it sounds like you know test the primary tested. He, he'll be okay. It's uh, kind of normal sprain. I do assume on a Thursday night 
that he will be out. And uh, there's several lines called the three lines this week, Chiefs, Cowboys, and Niners, where they're, they're not going to give you free money anymore. They're going to jack those lines up through the roof. Uh, they're going to let you tease those down and, and, and snag, a, snag a free win. Well, those numbers, the Chiefs 13.5-point favorites against the Bears. The Cowboys are 12.5-point favorites on the road uh, at the Cardinals. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that, you know, you're right. They won't, they're not going to let you do too much of a tease, but I still think that you could bet those lines down quite a bit and maybe get them closer to about a touchdown and then maybe pair all three of them together, Niners, uh, Chiefs, and, and Cowboys, or maybe you just pair all three money lines together and see what kind of odds that can give you. Yeah, I mean, it's, you're going to win some money there. I like, uh, I'm, I'm taking those three teams uh, pretty much for the rest of the season as long as, as long as I can, as long as the money makes sense. I'm, I'm going to hammer those guys. Uh, home dogs this week. You're always talking about home dogs. Uh, there's five of them. The Commanders are home dogs at uh, plus six and a half against Buffalo coming to town. The Jets are uh, home dogs plus two and a half with the Patriots coming to town. Arizona plus 12 and a half with the Cowboys coming to town. Vegas uh, is a half point favorite against Pittsburgh coming to town. And then Tampa Bay, as we already discussed, uh, five and a half point dogs. Excuse me, Vegas a half point dog at home against Pittsburgh and and, and Tampa Bay a five and a half point dog uh, against Philadelphia. Any of those that you really like as home dogs? You know, I think that uh, the Jets will be interesting. I mean, Bill Belichick has, has really owned the Jets uh, throughout his career, uh, but the Patriots are uh, they're not great. I mean, they're good on defense. They have some pieces. Patriots aren't good. Jets aren't that great either. We'll see uh, what Zach Wilson can do. I mean, I know the Jets had all the talent. Uh, they are riding the steepest tsunami wave that crashed down to earth after hard knocks. Uh, my fantasy team feels that as well. Um, I, I just think that's a kind of a, a, a gross game, but I, I do think that the Jets could definitely win that one at home. And like I mentioned, I, uh, I'm definitely going to have to think on the Eagles. I'm definitely going to have to you know, make some evaluation there. I do think the Eagles are one of the best teams in the league. Uh, they haven't really got it going yet. Uh, I'm not saying that they should uh, be any less of a dog to, or uh, any, less of a favorite to the Bucks on the road, but I do think the Bucks are a little squirrely right now. I, I definitely consider that one as well. Here's your huge favorite parlay. The 49ers, this is just money line parlay. 49ers to win, Jacksonville to beat Houston. Kansas City to beat Chicago, and Dallas to beat Arizona. Those are all such huge favorites that even parlayed together, you can only get it at minus 123. So that's 100 to win 180. So uh, have some fun. Maybe even take the, the, the Jags-Texans out of there, and then it's a minus 208. So I don't know. I, I think that's probably a bad one. But if you can get it down to minus 123, maybe a good one. Any other ones to add before we get you out of here? Oh, I mean, I am riding the Dolphins until I can't. I mean, they're my team. I'm a free agent every year, Colter. I'm a Fairweather fair fan. I pick who I like. And I roll with them. I'm rolling with the Dolphins this year. My kids are in it. We like the colors. We love Jalen Waddle. Uh, we love Tyreek Hill. We're, we're rolling with the Finns. So riding the Finns um, at home with Denver coming to town. Uh, you know, maybe the last time we ever see Russell Wilson play a football game. At this point, with all the respect I have in the world, uh, for a guy like Russ, I, I would be just fine with moving on there and, and, and letting that happen. So six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Um, I'm taking the six-and-a-half. I'll also probably tease them down and pair them with, uh, with the Ravens. So I, I thought I've been playing really well, man. I'm playing Action Jackson, man. If you haven't watched Action Jackson this season, uh, I would go check it out. Uh, as elusive and as dynam- uh, dynamic as he has ever been, 
proven all the contract worth. Uh, guys in and out of lineup, no Mark Andrews at times, no J.K. Dobbins for the rest of the season. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, Lamar Jackson's making third and eights look like child's play. Um, and the Ravens, uh, they're hosting the, the Colts at home, um, a, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. So, again, get them down to a touchdown pair with the Finns, tease them down to the money lines more or less, and uh, I'm going to roll both the, both the uh, Dolphins and the Ravens this week. Brooks Nuana is all football all the time. Presented by Sportsbet Montana. No matter where you're at in Montana, there is a Sportsbet Montana kiosk near you. Visit their website, click on locations, and you can find all the numbers. Brooks will join us every Thursday here uh, to talk all things NFL and uh, give you some perspective on uh, some of the numbers at hand. Brooks, appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for being here, and uh, have yourself a great weekend. Yeah, you too, Colt. The last thing I got for you is everyone, uh, weeks three and four, very important. Be very careful. Look at the lines. Don't overbet. Uh, don't take every damn team out there because guess what? These are these are weeks where a team does fall and a team does rise up. Uh, it gets a little bit tighter later in the season where you have a little bit better perspective. But right now, these are these are not the easiest games to bet. So beware. There you go, Brooks Nuanas on Nuanas Dow ESPN Radio. Back right after this. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. No, is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. If you've been Tuning in all week, earlier this week, a couple people from the uh, upcoming Watson Children's Shelter Tennis Pro-Am swung by. This is a event that happens first at the Wilma. That's where the silent auction is. So the Pro-Am, here's what you're doing. You're bidding on tennis players, many of whom are exceptional. You're talking like former Olympian, Grand Slam winning, you know, United States Open type, uh, champion type players I mean, Matt's Willander has like nine grand slams. He's one of the guys you can bid on. Then you pair it with this pro, and you get to play in a three-day tournament at the Peak Health and Wellness Center. Uh, This all happens October 5th through October 8th, and all the proceeds from the auction and uh, the three-day tournament go to the Watson Children's Shelter. So it's for a really good cause. Visit watsonchildrenshelter.org to find out more. In studio with me, Tucker Sargent. The uh, GM and uh, organizer, and now I guess uh, for at least a weekend, the new play-by-play guy uh, for Grizz yeah. Hockey. Uh, Tech was, uh, we wanted to do some stuff to promote Grizz Hockey because guess what? The season starts tomorrow. I can't believe how fast that came up on us. Jeff Safford, a well-deserved little time off because he's been doing the Missoula Paddleheads, I don't know, every day for about 100 days straight. So 
The first two Grizz Hockey Games of the Year will be right here on ESPN Radio, and they'll be brought to you by this guy. Tucker will be on the call. So Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's good. I, I don't think uh, <laughs> <laughs> I volunteered for this, but uh, it's it's going to be fun. I mean, I'm very excited. I mean, I, I, I wanted to go to Cheney this weekend anyways to watch the team, sure. it, to see how they're looking before our home opener next weekend. Um, so there was definitely plans on heading out that way. I just didn't think I was going to be uh, behind the mic again. But it, it's going to be fun. Um, still learning some of the names. So I've been studying sure. the roster. You know, we, we had our tryouts a couple weeks ago, and I haven't been in every practice. So now, now the kids got numbers assigned, and uh, I, I got to make sure that I get the names right. Well, you get the names down, I think, and then the action is the part that gets really crazy because, I mean, hockey's challenging to follow, let alone to talk about. Well, you know, I, I was thinking about that, but I think one of the beauties of hockey is that the action is there provided for you for the sure. entire time. For right? sure. So, I mean, all, all my job really is is, one, you know, I got to get the names right of the kids for the parents out there and the audience. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it, it's it's to paint a picture for the crowd and, and see, you know, translate what I'm seeing. And I for think sure. that there's a lot of action. It's a lot easier to speak to. And I'm sort of in awe of Jeff, who can do so many, you know, he does baseball, hockey, and lacrosse all so well. Right. And they all have a different pace of action that totally. you have. You know, baseball, there's a lot more filler time, story time, you know, talking about that. And, I, you know, for hockey, I mean, the way that the team is playing and what, what to look for next week or this weekend is it's going to be fast and it's going to be, you know, high intensity, you know, defensive, defensive players playing offensively and cycling through almost more positionless hockey um, than, you know, a, a set thing. So I think the action is going to be there. It's going to be very exciting. Eastern is sort of an unknown opponent right now. They had a lot of turnover from last year. Um, we've got a lot of new guys coming in. So there's just a lot of unknowns and hopefully I can convey that to the audience in a manner that makes sense. Chris Hockey back for year three. That's pretty crazy. That's, yeah, junior uh, season. Junior season, baby. Well, how was this offseason different than than the last two? I mean, what, what sort of things have, have changed about the program? You guys got so much momentum right now. Well, we got a lot of momentum, and we've been able to retain all of our key players from last That's year, awesome. which is which is really good. I mean, going from your second year, you know, first year was just trying to get a team on the on the ground, sure. get it up and going. Second year saw a lot of turnover, new guys coming into the program wanting to be part of this, and in our third year, we've been able to retain all the 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 main players that you've become familiar with and you hear their names on a nightly basis, and then we've added to the depth. So, you know. It's it's just sort of how you're building a program. I mean, guys that were like first line guys first year sure. are now you know some are still first line, some are second, some are third. But the gap between the first and the third line is you know a lot less noticeable now. The depth is really is really there, and defensively too. So I mean, we've got a big team. We're actually we're traveling with more guys than usual on this first trip because I think we're still trying to figure out where guys, you know, fit in. So we want to have the opportunity to mess around with a roster and have different lineups from one night to the other. Grizz Hockey opens up their third season at Eastern Washington Friday and Saturday uh, against the Eagles. Up uh, you guys have played an exciting style the last uh, couple seasons. Is that still the plan? Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't think the style's changing. I mean, that's Coach Mike Anderson's style. Is you know, it, he it's, loves it. it, it's yep. really positionless hockey. It's a five-man offense. It's a five-man defense. Um, you know, it's pushing tempo. It's being creative. And, you know, it's getting, you know, not just, you know, mindless pucks in the net, but skating and scoring or shooting with a purpose. So that's what's been preached. We've got guys in the system that have been there two years now going on their third year. And then the guys that he brought in 
fit that system. So I think it's it, hopefully <laughs> what we see tomorrow night is it's all meshing out. But, you know, looking towards the season, I think we should expect last year was great but expecting an even better year this year just from the depth of the and the talent of the team. Uh, producer and program director Andrew, remind me, uh, we got this on the app for sure. Is this going to be on the radio as well? Yes, it will. Awesome. So we'll have uh, Grizz Hockey on both Friday and Saturday here on ESPN Radio. Puck drops at 7 p.m. So is that local time? I don't say, that's 7 p.m. Pacific, Pacific time. time. So, so it's 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock here. This local time. Okay. Yep. So if you need something to listen to uh, Friday and Saturday evening, uh, Tucker will be on the call. I, I, it'll be me if you want to slay me afterwards. <laughs> I get it. You know, I'm not I'm not Jeff who's been doing such a tremendous job, but I promise I'm going to put my best foot forward. I've been on the radio before. It's just been a minute since I've got to call a hockey game. <laughs> yeah. Well, what else do people need to know uh, about this Grizz hockey team? By the way, uh, the Grizz, if you're wondering, after this opening weekend, Friday and Saturday, they are back at home, open up their home slate on uh, Saturday, September 30th. So that's uh, homecoming weekend. The Grizz football team does have a home game that day, but it's during the day. Thank goodness. These night games are going to be the death of me. <laughs> the game for the Grizz football team is during the day. And then the, uh, the Grizz hockey team uh, opens up their home slate against Utah at 7.30 on uh, that Saturday night. Uh, it's actually Utah Valley. No, yeah, no, Utah. You're right. Uh, yeah, Sorry. Utah, yeah, you, and then Utah Valley is the next yeah, week. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So Utah, we got a one. It's nice because we, you know. Because got a lot of Utahs in a row. Utah, Utah Valley, Weber State, and Utah State all yeah, in a row. We're taking on the state of Utah coming up here. But, uh, no, I mean, you captured it. The the first home openers, uh, Saturday the 30th, uh, the evening of homecoming, uh, you get your tickets at grizzhockey.com. They're on, they're on sale now. You'll be looking for a pretty exciting Grizz Hockey float in the parade. I know that they're building nice. that this weekend. There's going to be some fake ice out there. There's going to be some giveaways coming down and uh, a lot of excitement there. Um, but I, you know, I think again, in year three, we're just trying to make the show bigger and better. What can we do? You know, we've been meeting with, you know, figuring out seating, the bar, the entertainment, um, games like that. I mean, we're just trying to build the production of this entire event and obviously building the team. So I think what you're looking for this year, there's going to be no gimme games. You know, yeah, that's one right. thing that we've done. I think Eastern Washington, I don't know how they are, but I would guess that that might be the easiest one. We've tied them in the past. You know, it hasn't been super easy, but we've got a winning record against them. But from that point on, I mean, we're trying to build a team that can go to regionals and eventually go to nationals. So we've got, there's going to be no blowouts this year. I'd be very surprised. It's all quality, quality programs coming in. Um, you know, we've got three home games against Montana State's top team this year. We got Boise State coming to town. All the Utah teams you've seen. Um, another one I'm really excited about in January: Logan Lake from British Columbia coming out of the B, the, the, the BCHL bold. or whatever That's their bold league is to called. Play there, the Canadian boys. Yeah, so uh, you know we, we wanted to get some more home games after. After the new year, and so we're going to have one during the, the Christmas break for all the local fans here, so you continue to have Grizz hockey, so we're not taking as long of a break this year. Um, but just look for a quality team, high energy, and, you know, as always, the show's just getting bigger and better for home games. So show up and support because it makes Grizz hockey better. 34 games on the schedule. Pretty impressive <laughs> that they've been able to grow it to this point. If you haven't been to one of these, you got to go. I'm telling you, it's so fun down there at the Glacier Ice Rink. Tucker Sargent uh, doing all, wearing many different hats for Grizz Hockey at this exact moment in time. With the Grizz back in action Friday and Saturday on the road at Eastern Washington. Thanks for coming in, buddy. Hey, Good man. Thanks you. for having me. No one is doubt. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Maybe a little Big Sky football right after this. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio.
is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. We're back. Now now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanez. Thursday night football coming up. The Niners, 10.5-point favorites over the Giants. That's interesting. I know the Giants got drilled week one against the Cowboys, 40 to nothing. The Niners killed Pittsburgh week one. The, uh, the Giants, excuse me, are also without Saquon Barkley. But the Niners are without Brandon Ayuk. So, I don't know. Saquon Barkley is certainly a more superior player to Brandon Ayuk, but they're both a big part of their team's offenses. Ten and a half just seems steep. I think part of that line, too, is because this game's on Sunday. So you got uh, less preparation, and maybe that's another advantage for, for San Francisco. But the 49ers have a chance to be the first team in the NFL to move to 3-0. and I certainly expect the Niners to win tonight. But 10 and a half's a lot. In, in the NFL, it's, it's a lot of points. So I, I don't know. I'd, I'd say I'd, I would stay away, or maybe I'd pick the Niners in some sort of money line and uh, use it for a parlay with another game in the future. Shout out to uh, Shine Auto Detailing. They were just awarded the best detail shop in Missoula. Again, no surprise. They have over 225-star reviews. That's actually more reviews than any other detail shop combined. They're celebrating by giving the next three callers a free $50 gift card. You don't have to call us. Call them. You want a great experience with car detailing? Call Shine Auto Detailing, 406-207-3599. And get your $50 gift card. That's 406-207-3599. Shine Auto Detailing. Call right now. We'll have a couple minutes here uh, on Nuana's Dow. Andrew, uh, we're going to record a little Big Sky Breakdown podcast right after this. So I guess we might as well just start talking Big Sky, even though we only have a couple minutes here on this radio show. Uh, what are you ruminating on? What, what sort of things are you thinking about? Or uh, what, I mean, you must be excited that you're going to Moscow. This is a... This is sort of a new soiree. There's only been a. We've covered the Big Sky forever uh, at Skyline Sports, but there's been only a few occasions where we've sent reporters to games where it doesn't involve one of the Montana schools. Usually, the only other time that it, it it's happened, we covered Idaho State, Portland State one year because that's when the Grizz played Week Zero against North Dakota State, so we had like a, an open week there. And then we've covered Cooper Cup and the Eastern Washington Eagles a bunch of times because. It's Cooper Cup. <laughs> I thought that was a worthy investment to go watch the greatest player in Big Sky history. Uh, but you're going to Moscow on Saturday, so that's fun. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I've been uh, up to Moscow several times. I mean, for the Grizz a couple times, for Idaho sure. State a couple times, obviously, when I was down in Pocatello. I'm just, I've said it before, I'm just excited to see what it's going to look like because Idaho, no matter when I have been there, has never had this kind of hype, never had this kind of wave behind them. Uh, I'm really excited this week about you know I think if you'd if you'd been able to match make these games the, for the first week of the season knowing what we know about the teams I'm not sure you could have done a better job I mean Montana going to Northern Arizona is the only real mismatch we're getting Idaho and Sacramento sure. State and that's going to tell us you know which of those teams can break into that top five which one of those teams going to be in the top five at the end of the week that's right one of them's not going to be. We've got Montana State and Weber State, and it's can Weber, you know, raise themselves up into the top tier of Big Sky Conference contenders. I love the UC Davis Eastern Washington game because I think we've we've got a bunch of questions to answer about both of those teams. Yep. And then even down at the bottom of the conference, uh, Northern Colorado and Idaho State. Oh, hey, buddy. 
not great teams, but they're sort of on the same level, and we get to we get to get sort of a litmus test between those two teams right away. And the same deal uh, with uh, Portland State, and uh, they're playing Cal Poly. So we get a lot of questions answered this first week. I always talk about this: the momentum, the, the scope of momentum within a season is a is a factor. I believe. I also think it's a bigger factor this day and age because I just think. When things are going really well, it's easier to keep groups of young people together. When things aren't going well, it's easier for that to unravel. So even if on paper you have the talent to be like a 6-5 and five or 7-4 and four team, sometimes the way you start then impacts how cohesive you can keep the team. Northern Colorado and Idaho State, the team that wins that game is going to get their first win. Maybe that's a little renewal of confidence and they can carry it. You know, same thing, Portland State, they've taken their lumps. Then they scored 91 against a who-knows-where school last week. Well, then what if they beat Cal Poly and after one of those start, they have a pretty favorable first half of the Big Sky schedule? There's so many different factors, but one at a time, that's why the coaches always talk about it. You can build it, then all of a sudden you have some confidence. So I think that's fun matchups across the board. Two top 10 matchups, two of... Matchups with some, with some of the bottom teams, but it's going to be impactful all the way around. Check out SkylineSportsMT.com a little later on tonight for a continuation of this conversation between myself and Andrew Houghton. Also tune in to Nuanas Now tomorrow. Mickey Mental, the head coach of the Weber State Wildcats, will join us. We'll hear from Rajim Seabrook. We'll hear from Carol of the Chicken No Sports. And we'll preview Big Sky Sentinel at Washington Grizzly Stadium. See you then. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.